Hello, and welcome to the Pub People Podcast. I'm Gary. Proper Brian here. Just Brian. Hey, and I'm back. Chuck's back! Chuck's back! I missed y'all. Oh, we, we missed miss you, you too. too. <laughs> We're so happy you're back. Hey, it, it feels good to have all four of us back together. Hey, guys. Guys. Best podcast ever? I, 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 it was really it was great. great. That's, yeah, that's a, yeah. high, that's Come a on high mark there. It was I mean, fun, that's for sure. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of sure, fun. I can agree with you. Um, yeah, man, I really enjoyed everything from, from our... We started off with a good uh, discussion about some games we played. A highlight for for me was uh, our little talk about The King is Dead. Uh, that's something I got to play mm. with you two, the two Bryans. And then I guess we moved on into kind of our, our main topic. Uh, was, didn't you uh, whip up? You whipped us up on the game, right? I'm, I'm uh, pretty no, sure well, we have to, you have to listen oh, to the episode yeah. to find out uh, <laughs> with the result. You know? Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, and then we kind of got into a main topic uh, of about uh, talking about the BGG Top 100. Kind of what, our thoughts on the list. Is it relevant? Yeah. You know? um, is it something, is it something we, we do or pay attention to? Do we, yeah. do we look at it when we're making decisions? We have some pretty varied opinions on that. And then... Um, so I think I can I think I can speak for all of us. It was probably one of the highlights of of the night was uh, I guess you want to explain it, Chuck. You did a little bit of data analysis and and some awesome stuff there. Yeah, we'll go on more in detail uh, later in the podcast. But basically, we kind of all used our board game ranking engine, uh, which we love to use, and uh, focused on a particular mechanism. But this time, worker placement, and uh, decided you know to use that to rank our games in the way that we thought was the best and worst and i consolidated all that and put out some interesting statistics yeah yeah Yeah. there you go he mapped the heck out of it yeah the results were pretty awesome um i I thought the i thought the results were very interesting it was a very cool part of our you'll kind of have to uh stay tuned and speaking of the ranking engine i would like to just plug real quick um for uh proper brian has put a lot of work into it recently if you haven't been there you haven't been there in a while go to our website www.pubmeeple.com and check it out it's got a beautiful facelift the interface is a lot cleaner the the output list is is looks a lot better but uh, it just feels like the engine a lot more robust. Thank you, Brian, for for really kind of popping that up. Enough of that. Let's get to our podcast. Yeah, let's yeah. get to the podcast. Absolutely. What brews did we bring tonight? What, what do we have here? You want to start, Proper Brian? Sure, because I'm the odd man out again. Do we always start with Proper oh, Brian because he's the odd no, man well, Because he always has something interesting. I, I like his coffee brews. I actually take notes, and I get them yeah. after, I get them later. Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> so, okay, so here, when we're, the, the night we're recording this, it's cold. And so I was like, It you is know cold. I, it's bitter I want, cold. I want a hot drink, and um, so I'm having coffee, and it's a uh, Cafe Olay. The, we, we, my wife and I kind of bought up some of the Christmas blends that they do whenever. Oh, yeah. Uh, about that. The, the one that we like. Or that we found that we really liked this year was it's called chocolate cheer, and so it actually reminds me of a uh, the breakfast stout. You know, the breakfast stout has kind of that chocolatey flavor to it. Um, so this reminds Can't me a lot of that. And, that, and we cold brewed it, so it's really smooth, um, and it's really good. You had recommended a Pete's yeah. Coffee on a previous episode. Mm, yeah, Cafe Domingo is really we good. We didn't get to Cafe Domingo because I couldn't find that, but I ended up getting like a Pete's Dark Roast uh-huh, that yeah. my wife has loved when I made a couple lattes for her. So. Yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned it's cold outside. I almost brought uh, a hot tea, Yeah, which I, I've never been a tea drinker, and here recently in this cold, I've been drinking more and more hot teas. And I really I've like been the, doing that at work, too. I really like the oolong, the, like the dark... Uh, Black teas or whatever they're called. 
I'm kind of anti-Texan in that I don't like sweet iced tea, so I don't. I don't. Hey, me too. I find myself like <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm no. not a big sweet. Uh, sweet tea fan. So, so we had a couple of founders come to the table tonight, and y'all switched. Y'all yeah, each brought a founders, and y'all switched. So, what's the story behind y'all drinking each other's beer and well, not what you brought? <laughs> I, I love Sean, Sean, you can explain it. I brought a I brought a porter, um, the dark, rich, and sexy. Oh order. yes, it is, um, and it is both. All yeah. three, I'm sorry, all three. But uh, I didn't qualify, so I gave it to Gary. Um, <laughs> I struck out on all three counts as well, but somehow I'm allowed to have it. So, so no, but but really, he uh, he started, you know, saying he had a dirty bastard, and that's like my favorite. And I was like, well, I've been drinking the porter for a while. That was my last one out of my six pack, or well, actually, they come in four packs, don't they? So anyway, well, how are the porters? Because I've never had it. The, it's it's a little darker, definitely darker. Uh, I still like Dirty Bastard better, um, which is the Scotch Ale. It's the Scotch so Ale. The Scotch Ale is the, re- it's the first one we started. I think that's what we started with, yes. wasn't yeah, it? Is, yeah. yeah. And then you guys found the Breakfast Stout, and then we mm-hmm. had like a Sumatra blend. I'd, Sumatra something mm-hmm. Breakfast. I'd out. probably out of those three, I'd put the the Scotch Ale, and then the Breakfast Stout, and then the Porter, mm-hmm. and, and that in that order. I, but I have, they're all really close. Yeah, they're all really close for me as well. This port is good. I've never had it. And the reason why we switched, again, like you said, like I never had it. Now you, You'd already had a few. And, um, man, it so is what do you think about the dark. It's so great. Far. It's great. Yeah. It's like, as I told Chuck earlier before we started recording, um, it's delicious. I still think the Scotch Hill is a little bit better. Like if you were to hold and I have one in each hand, I know which one I'd, I'd probably pick. Hmm. But – if you were just, I mean, I would not turn this beer down at all. So, so is it going to be kind of like a like a fifteen fifty four dark, but the founders version, or what do you think? Yeah, I would say it's kind of um, more kind of similar like that, similar yeah. to that. It's it's pretty dark. I mean, it, you know, it looks like motor oil in, in the glass, but I mean, it's tasty motor oil, <laughs> yeah. so we we'll let it stand. Cool, but yeah. Um, oh, so I guess what? Um, so I brought a I brought one. I just this is really I just saw it off the shelf. Yeah, I want to hear about it's this. It's Lakewood Brewing. Um, is is the is the the brewery? Uh, never had it before, but I pulled it off the shelf. It's called the Temptress, and I pulled it off because it said Imperial Milk Stout. Every time I see milk in a in a beer, I, was I always really think of, about that. I always think I of Firefly. It doesn't taste like milk, but I always think of Firefly, like the Mudder's milk. Oh, you know, and 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 the man who they call Jane. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Anyway, so it kind of made me laugh. <laughs> this is called the Temptress, and and um, it's their dark. Uh, what is it? Uh, milk chocolate head, sweet caramel notes, warm complex, grows bitter. Which those are things I would normally like, but I'm really just not very impressed. Um, um, I also think you compare it to Mudder's milk from uh, the Firefox. Well, no, that's why no, I, no. I saw it on the. I, I don't saw think the that was supposed to taste good that. either. No, it wasn't <laughs> supposed to taste. That's true. That's true. That probably wasn't supposed to taste good. And this isn't bad. Like I'm gonna finish it tonight. I got a couple more. I'll probably drink it all up. But um, it's just I'm just not as impressed. Like. Like it's it's a good beer and it would probably be better if I was eating something that paired yeah. well with it. Like it even gives a paired recommendation. It's called the Temptress and it says pair pairs well with robust blue cheese, dark chocolate, or sin. And so <laughs> I, I, I would pair it what, with a trash okay. can. Okay, <laughs> uh, man, I, I had a I had a beer like that a while back. I. I don't remember the brand, but it was a an oatmeal beer, and I was not impressed at all. Yeah, I I was expecting something really good. It's okay, but I probably won't buy not, it again. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I every time I've I've tried like three milk stouts, and I might have even had that one at Barley Hoppers, year, uh, you know, a couple years ago, and um, 
I'm like you, like I want to find one that I like, but then I feel like Chuck was talking about like we're like, uh, no, you know, I just I can't I can't do it, man. Yeah, like I want to like it. There's a lot of stuff going on in it. It's a little too much. The so. one beer in my life that I've ever just poured out because I just did not like it was one called is by Lagunitas Brewing Company. It's called Lagunita Sucks, and like I was like you you appropriately named this thing because this was horrible, mm. and I was like um, it was at a, a the, the beer summit and so I had a little sample glass and so I couldn't get another sample until I had to wash my mouth out of the, the <laughs> flavor until I got rid of it I couldn't bring myself to even finish a sample of it so. that's also called Keystone oh yeah. <laughs> just rebottle it just repackage just, yeah, Keystone yeah. In, in certain areas oh okay oh, oh. okay that makes more sense now that yeah, makes more yeah. sense <laughs> what have you guys been uh, what have you guys been playing lately Ooh, Followed by immediate silence. Let me check my plays real quick. I was, okay, well, um, while you're checking your no, plays, um, yeah, Brian, you go ahead. Okay, proper Brian, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'll go ahead. Proper Brian and I played uh, with Gary. The King is Dead. I think that's the oh, the really good. the most notable game I can talk about recently. I played a lot of games recently, but I think that's the one that I would probably talk about the most. The King is Dead. It's a a best at three player, and in my mind, probably just a three player game. I know it I says it plays up to four. Um, I don't know if I'd really enjoyed it too. So for me, it's it's the short game filler game we bring out at three players. So the the premise behind the the King is Dead is you have a map of Britain. Uh, King Arthur has died, and we are we are I guess the nobles or the 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 remaining you know knights or nobles that are influencing Britain at the time, and we are trying to vie for power to become the next king and. There's three factions on the board. You have the Scots, you have the English, and um, the Welsh, I believe, if, I, if I've got that right. And uh, they're basically just three different cubes. And what we're trying yeah. to do is, um, at the end of the game, we want to basically have stock in those cube in the cubes that control the most territory on the board. To gain that stock, you have to take the cubes off the board, and for those those cubes to win, they have to be on the board. And so it's it's you've got kind of this tension between um, taking off the board the color that you want to win, so you can have the control. But then, of course, you're you're taking that that cube's power. It's played over um, eight territories, and you have eight cards per player. And I guess something that I found very interesting about the game is. Um, as you, you play those cards, they're gone for the rest of the game. So basically you have eight things you can do in the game. You can play them all in round one. You can spread them out. You can play them all at the end. Uh, once your cards are gone, you're done playing the game. Until the, and, and then whoever's, you know, has, uh, has bought into the, 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 con- the, the color, <laughs> I guess, the cube yeah. color, that, um, that wins the game. Whoever's bought into that the most wins the game. So it's a very interesting game. I'll let you guys talk about, now that I've explained the game, I'll let you guys talk about your thoughts on the game. So I want to talk about the end of that game because this was the, the, I don't like at the end of a game when I have to, I have to king make. And it's kind of funny. We're talking about a game called the king is dead and talking about king making. Um, But literally my action would make one person win. My inaction would make the other person win. So I, I was out of the running, um, you know, hey, I didn't play very well, maybe, whatever. But um, basically, I was choosing who was going to win. And that didn't feel good to me. But um, the next day after we played that, I woke up and I was like, I want to play that game again. So what's funny about that, though, is before you did that, I was king making too. So my last turn of the game, 
um, if I hadn't done what I did, you couldn't have done what you did. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh, I'm king-making. I'm either making proper Brian or Gary win. <laughs> and it went around, <laughs> and I was like, well, and, and so the decision was, since I don't like king-making in games, the decision was, I will do the thing that I was going to do before I realized I was king-making. Right. And then it got around to you, and then you were king-making, and we are like, oh, wait a minute, what just yeah. happened? And it was like a double, it didn't feel good. Yeah, the, the guy that was there teaching us the game, uh, he did say that, he doesn't see that real often with the game. Yeah, that would. But th- this was kind of an outlier, maybe. Um, so that's the reason I want to yeah. try again. I want to try. I, it I really again. liked the. Yeah. It was a really, really tight area control game, and it was it was fun. I liked so much about it. I mean, in I ended up, I ended up technically winning the game, but it's it's like we talked about that night. Like, I f- I don't like winning that way. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know what's. I actually don't know what's worse, losing that way or winning that way. Um, because if you win that way, it's like, well, I really won because someone else's choice. No, you won because you made of other choices you made. You know, but I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Yeah. So, None of us knew so, what we were doing so, in the game. Uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> but I, I did like the fact that I could have these eight actions and I could, like, so there's a couple turns where I just passed. Like early on, I think uh, both Proper Brian and I skipped our first turn because we kind of wanted to see what was going to go on. And then there was a point at which I had, like, an extra card over both of you guys, I believe. I think you had, like, four, and I had, like, six. Or maybe it was just five. But I had I had at least one extra card. And I thought, well, maybe that puts me in a good position. Uh, it turns out not so much because the last card I had was not neither one of you anything. Really we ended up yeah. with the same last card. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was... it could have helped neither one of us. Right. So, for me, all I had to do was pass on my turn and let and, you know, kind of throw it to you. Like, okay, well, now you have to choose yeah. one of us. And, you know, it wasn't really... Thanks a lot. Yeah, but I will say, like you said, even though there was that one thing that could potentially be a negative about the game, uh, I've actually thought about it for like a couple days after. I wonder wonder if we play this game again that we will play differently. And I think in the hands of people who understand the game well enough and they're playing intelligently, Mm -hmm. um, equally, I think it probably does have legs that we're not seeing. And um, and the fact that um, the guy teaching us so, you know, this is the first time I've seen this kind yeah, of he happen. he played multiple games. Um, and anyway, so I have hopes for The King is Dead. If you've played it and you love it, um, or if you've experienced something similar, uh, maybe that's something you can let us know because that is a game that uh, we are interested in and we want to play more, a uh, little bit more of. I will say, component-wise, I wasn't impressed. It was by Osprey Games. Yeah. Uh, or Osprey so Publishing far. Company. It may not even be a game company. I, I, I haven't really looked much into it. It looks like they do other things than just board games. And the components are kind of kind of crummy. Um, but that's not why I buy a game. A lot of times, if it, yeah. if the game's got legs, I'll I'll put up with crummy the game components. Game here was good enough, you know, and um, and so it was it was good, and and I'm I'm interested to do it again. So, well, I'll, I'll say just when y'all described it to me. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to play with y'all, but it reminded me the way y'all were describing um, needing cubes on the board, but also having to pull them off to get points. It reminded me a lot of Zany Penguins. Which was, uh, if you remember, one of my biggest disappointments. It was, yeah. Um, I really liked that idea. It was similar in that you wanted cards in your hand to score. Well, it's been a while, so I may have this backwards. But you, to score points on the board in front of you, you needed cards in your hand of the same colors and things like that. Um, I really liked that idea, but that game just kind of fell flat for me. Uh, I'm really intrigued by this one. I, I like area control too. So I yeah, think you, I think you like the area control aspect of this game and. It it just played the decisions you have to make every turn are like there's no decision even the decision to pass 
is like something you sometimes agonize over. Like you know, okay, yeah. I don't want to prolong this particular game out, but there's one point in that game when Gary did have more cards than me and me and, uh, and proper Brian. He had more cards, and he was sitting to my right. So if I passed, he would play. Well, well, proper Brian did something I didn't really like, and so I'm thinking I want to fix that. But Gary has more cards, and he I'm looking at over what he's invested. I'm like, he probably wants to fix this too. So if I pass, yeah, he will potentially do something to fix something I want to fix, and he's using his turn to do it and not mine. And so you're yeah. right, like, and you, and then you did you you did feel compelled yeah. to do something yeah, about the it thing. It's both of our interests. It's to our interest. it, yeah. But but had I jumped the gun on that and been just kind of only aware of myself, then I would have I would have done it, and then you would have. Yeah. Had an, even another great, you know, further lead yeah. on us, and so I, I was kind of hoping passing you would do it. is a passing in that game. There is a strategy to it, and if you're paying attention, I, I like that. I like that. I had well, to think about it, I, and I'll what, say for most of the game, didn't feel like king making. That just felt like at the end, and I know that runs it, and that's kind of like a that that might be something that cuts the legs off the game. But I'm going to say like playing the game and, yeah. and the majority oh, of our game, game time. Game oh my goodness, well, that, there was the so same, much brain burn going on. That's the same thing I liked about Enish too. Was the oh, yeah. the passing of the cards? It's that that whole. You're, it, I mean, you're not really passing, but same concept. It, it had the same kind of um, feel though. Where I'm trying to read the other player, and like if if you're going to do what, what I think gonna you're going to do, do yeah. then I don't need to burn this card right now. And then, like, so and the cool thing is you can pass, and then if it comes back around to you, you can play. So, but then you're also risking that the other two players don't pass. And if they do, then then you end that turn, and it's like, well, okay, you know, maybe I lost that territory. Um, so that, there was kind of a whole kind of like, you know, I know that you know kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, and it's not one of those games where you're going to win all the territories, or you're not going to – it's like you have to really pick and choose, like, like when you're going to – you know, make a move and and try to and try to influence stuff because early in the game, I had I, I felt like I had a pretty strong position, you know. But it was and it, I had spent several more cards I think than y'all had, and um, I felt like things were kind of going my direction. Um, but then that turned as I didn't ha- have as many options later in the game. Well, that's the king is dead. Um, that. I, there's still, we, we're still interested enough in it, so if you're interested, yeah, yeah. check well, it out. I'm, I'm going to play it again. Yeah, we did talk about it a lot. I was like, Shuck, what have you been playing lately? Uh, <laughs> some rather light games. I haven't gotten a whole lot in. We haven't um, seen you in a long time. Yeah. Like, I feel like. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. Man. I like I like to dig holes and make caves and just kind of hide. Well, so here's them. the thing. Here's the thing. So so uh, <laughs> some of you know Shuck and I are related, and uh, and so you would think like we would see each other a lot and stuff. But the other day, I was like, I was telling my wife, I was like, man, I haven't seen him so long. And so I said, hey, I texted you. I was like, let's go get some lunch. And I think he's thinking, what, what's wrong? Like, what did I do? <laughs> That's exactly like, what he's I was like, thinking. thinking. Like, he starts thinking, did I, like, upset Brian? Because I didn't explain. I was just like, I just want to grab some lunch. And so we went and grabbed lunch. And there was no agenda or anything. But it was so much fun just hanging out with you again. Yeah. We miss you. Yeah. And I'm glad you got to, like, you get to come tonight and, and oh, get yeah. back on the podcast. So, so. It was good to have all four of us again. It's been a, been a busy last couple months. So what So what have you – have you got okay. any games in in your busy, in your busy time? Yeah, a few uh, – Probably my favorite was the Century Golem. I wanted to talk about it on the last podcast, but uh, and we we're still waiting to play to. that. Yes, with you. I know it's because you know I've been hiding away in my own little. Bin. So how is Century Golem? Century uh, Golem is awesome. So I have played a lot of Splinter on my phone, and um, some people say it's kind of the Splinter killer. I don't know if it's really a killer. It's just a different type of game. I think I like it better because it's 
it has a little bit more of an engine building feel. Um, it's got a lot of that same kind of, uh, thing in, um, um, my brain just went dead. Uh, Mission Red Planet, where you play the cards and you have to pull them back. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of that setting the, the turn up kind of thing. And that's where your engine building comes, where you're trying to play the cards and then you need to buy a couple more cards to fill in your hand. And you can play those, but you really need the ones that you just played. So you pick them back up. And oh. um, it's it's got a really nice, quick feel to it. And I like the Gollum version because the artwork is amazing. You did show us the art that one day, and the art was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think I understand probably where they were going from. Uh, for They changed the theme because uh, they were going to do this trilogy thing where they're supposed to mm-hmm. intertwine somehow, these somehow three games. Together, yeah. yeah, and it's, I mean, the first one is uh, Spice. Was it Spice Road? Yeah. Um, and then the next one, I can't remember what it's going to be, but it's... It's probably it's either have... Zombies or Space, right? <laughs> it's one of the two. Century yeah. Zombies? Yes, yes. Well, it's or more... Vikings. Vikings is what it it's, is now. It's still Century more Vikings. of a trading thing. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's going to have a board, and so somehow you're going to be able to use the cards with the board. Uh, so Gollum's not going to have that. They've already said they're not going to support the number two and three with the Gollum, but they had already done most of the artwork, and so they just kind of released it for everybody. Um, I really wish they would have stuck with it, because it... It's, it's the so one that better. it's the one that it, it the, like the at least the look and feel of it. It's the one that I'm drawn to. It's the one I want to buy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that's, it kind of it kind of hits our chords, you yeah. know. And so, so do you think? And this is just this is just for fun. Do you think that uh they can they can package this and we can do like Century Batman? Um, <laughs> can they can they make it work? I mean, uh, I don't. I mean. I mean, oh. I'm just going back to I'm just going back to our our previous Batman. What would you collect? Conversation what, what with it doesn't matter. Like uh, everything, bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> talking about a love letter kind of thing where they. Yeah, just, yeah. You, I mean, if you so, so, like so if you don't if you don't something? know kind of where we're going with this, uh, go back and listen uh, do, to um, Family Games episode where we we talk about yeah these these themes that just kind of get pasted on over and over. And so Century is such a strong game that they could, I guess, ideally keep. Keep going with the themes, and people yeah, keep buying it I up, right? I can see how you could paste stuff on there. But I I think, for the most part, the way the game works, it actually somewhat makes thematic sense. So, uh, But, I mean, yeah, essentially you're buying gems and Golems and, are cool. Like, yeah, I will say Golems cool. is an see, underrated uh, kind of uh, being. That's, that's the, like, a cool thing. I think so. that's the reason why I was drawn to it, too, because I, I really like unique themes. Uh, like, Penny Press is one of my favorite games. Be, oh, Penny Press is Because cool. it's just such a unique theme, and yeah. it's a good game, too. And this one... You're you're collecting these gems that are supposed to like make the golem. So when you turn in the gems and you're buying a golem, you're not just buying a, a card. Yeah, you're building a golem. That's pretty and it's cool. Like, that is cool. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. It's really cool. You know, yeah. and it has like this whole theme and the story behind I wanna it. I want to play. In the front of, it's it's a good game. I want to play. Um, yeah. The the other game I, I played I most play. recently was uh, I finally played Code Names. So I'm a little behind on this game that everybody talks about. It's like apparently really good, but it wasn't Codenames um, Prime. No, it wasn't Codenames Prime. I got uh, I found a really good deal on Codenames Disney, and I thought this would be a really good game for my kids. Uh, they know all the Disney characters, especially for my three year old son. We we actually played a a three player version, me and my wife and my three year old son, where on that variant you have one person doing all the guessing, and you have the two teams for the other people. And so my wife and I cool. let my son guess, and and while he, it was really good for him, he, he had all these, like you can see his mind working when we say the one word, and he's trying to figure out how many cards, you know, which ones they are, and uh, it it was just it was interesting to watch. I don't know that 
I would like the non-pictures version. My brain kind of shuts off when I see a word and I have to come up with another word to describe that word and link multiple cards to it. I don't know that I would um, like it. But the pictures version is pretty fun. It's Yeah. The, the, the vanilla codenames pictures was a bigger <clears throat> hit with my family mm-hmm. than the, the codenames, like the, the words. For whatever reason, I think the pictures just worked so well. Well, so that. for the first time I played Codenames ever, it wasn't Codenames. It was our, our buddy Way, and we were at um, his game night, and he brought out um, – it was before Codenames Pictures came out, and he brought out the cards for – Dixit. Uh, was it well, Dixit? it wasn't Dixit. Spyfall. It was Spyfall. Spyfall. Thank yeah. you, Sh- Yeah, because Chuck started this up. So he brought out the Spyfall cards, and we basically played Codenames to Spyfall cards. My first experience, so there's a name on the card, like the location Carnival, and then there's mm-hmm. a picture of a carnival. And so the guys giving clues can give either something related to the picture or something related to the name. So then when I actually played code names for real, it did feel a little little stripped down. It didn't feel as as, as robust hmm. as the as the version with the spyfall cards and That's and, interesting um, because the only version I've played is the word version. Yeah. Yeah. And um I loved it. I love it. I mean, we still play it. I'm yeah. looking to get Codenames Duet to play uh, with Lacey because hmm. you know, she likes it too. So Yeah, I, uh, me personally, I actually like the words a lot. Like I said, just with I, the I mean, family I groups I want to play with, it. with it, it's the, like the, the pictures is a bigger yeah, hit. The, so I, one, the one thing, going with that. The yeah. one thing I will say about the pictures is um, you, you can get more of the chance luck side to that where some of the pictures just happen to come out, especially with Disney when you're talking about specific mm-hmm. characters. Like we were playing, Mermaid came out and Moana, and so you could go Ocean. And, I mean, it's, like, obvious which two of those are. And if they just happen to fall on your color and you get maybe three or four of those kind that just link. It, I can see that be perfect for 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 kids. For kids, though, it's great. Like, like my kids are not going to be able to play, you know, code names, the, the you know, I guess you call it Prime, the, the first, you know, the word version until they're, you know, until they build their vocabulary enough to where they can. Yeah, you know? it's a little so, tough, yeah, for the young girls. So, I mean, getting being able to get it out with little with little kids is a huge plus. So, code names Batman. Yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm just saying. Just saying. Actually, actually, I think the next one that came out was Code Names Dark, Rich, and Sexy. Yes, uh, Porter. Well, and I will try that too. I wonder to if the there would box. be a code names the, uh, like like a beer, you know, well, themed code, code names after dark or something, right? Or probably. Yeah. I don't know if I'd get into. I don't know if I'd get into red light district code names. That's <laughs> no, not really need, up my what alley. What they need but... is code names founders, where they have all these different oh, characters mm. on the on the pictures. You know, they have. You the can have the depressed people. lady from this bottle. <laughs> and the, and the wicked looking dude from your dude, bottle. This looks like like grumpy the dwarf on this one. I don't know what's going on. Uh, one game, actually, that I know both. I think all three of you guys might have talked about. I know at least Chuck and uh, and Brian, um, just Brian, had talked about. Was uh, Raiders of the North Sea? Yes. So this game was not on my radar. I haven't played it yet, okay. but I bought it. Oh, see, wait, you still I'm haven't played you it did. yet? So I haven't played it either. I thought it, you did. It was off my radar. Like I, I'd heard about it, and I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. it's a lighter worker placement game." I already got like a couple, a couple of those. No need to play this game. So I meet up with a friend on Saturday. It happens to be one of the games he brings. I played it. I loved it. I may end up buying it. It's amazing. I, I may have some things to say about this game later on in the podcast. Okay. Okay. We'll go so, sure, sure. We'll, um, sure. Well, spoiler. <laughs> I'll just say it's, it sits somewhere in between uh, like Champions of Midgard and um, as far as uh, its complexity, I guess, Champions of Midgard and like um, Lords of Waterdeep, but it completely replaces Champions of Midgard oh, yeah. for me. Like after playing this. Entirely. I 
I wouldn't really want to play Champions of Midgard again. I, that makes me uh, feel good because I recently culled Champions of Midgard because I own Champions and I own Blood Rage. And I know this sounds kind of weird that I would do this, but I was like, I really wanted to buy Raiders of the North Sea. And I was like, man, how many Viking games can my collection hold before they <laughs> take over my closet? Um, and so <laughs> I just decided. But but Champions kind of didn't wear well with me. Um, it was on my top ten two years ago, but then it just kind of it just didn't. Over time, it just didn't wear well. You know, it just kind of lost its luster. And and I feel like I was talking to Craig, the guy that you played with. Mm-hmm. You played his copy. I was that, talking to him the other day. Taught me as well. I think he's the one in, here in our hometown that yeah. that kind of evangelizes that game. Um, I, need I was to talking talk to him. I was talking to him about it. Oh. That's right. You need <laughs> yes. to talk to him. Uh, and he said he said he kind of felt like um, this was an upgrade to his Champions of Midgar game. And I said that's exactly. I mean, I haven't played it yet. I bought it, but that's how I feel. Like cold champions, I bought this, and I feel like the same thing. Like, like you you open that treasure box, and you're like da 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 da. You've upgraded, you know. You get to your new your new thing. My one negative is there is no score track, so I can't lap you on it like I did in uh, Blood yeah. Rage. No, no, this is good because that keeps the runaway mechanic that Gary no. tends to brag about every podcast. Thank you for bringing that up again. No, um, the worker, the worker. <laughs> what did he do? He he lapped you. Is that what he said? Yeah. It was about three times. He tells I, I a passed story. him on a score track, and I was like, "Hey, I didn't think I could do I that." Think every time he tells a story, he la- it's, it's, it's one more lap. Now it's five lap. times. Yeah. It's up to five times. Uh, um, no, but as far as uh, and, and it was this, this big, yeah, the Raiders of the North Sea. I, one, real quick, one thing I liked about it, and I know you mentioned this, Chuck, in a, in a Slack conversation, is uh, it's a very unique, uh, like the worker placement um, element is you place a worker and take a worker. And so we played a two-player, and so it's very much like sometimes, I mean, you, you're playing for yourself, but if you can happen to screw over the other guy, why not? So I would place a worker where I wanted and then take a worker and so, like, if I placed the worker where he didn't, he had wanted to place his worker, the first action he wanted to do, then you know now he's got to re kind of re re well, rework how he's doing his turn. And so, those that aren't familiar with it, when you when you take a worker, you, you worker placement, most people are familiar with. You put a guy down, you get a, an action. And this one, when you pull a guy off, you also get that. Yeah, action. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's so. unique about this. And you one. do both in one turn. Yeah, you, do you do both. So you get and basically so two actions. Unless you, rave, you always have you always have one character. It's not like you have one, you know, five meeples that you get to choose where they all go like Waterdeep or something. But it's you have one guy and you put him on the board and then you pull another guy off and that's the one you use next turn. And so some of the places are covered so you can't always put where you want it to go. You kind of have to use that when you take them off. It, it's very, very different. So I have to ask Gary, and, and I don't know the answer. Um, I know uh, Craig has um, the the expansions were already sent to him because he kickstarted it. Did you get to play with the expansions? We didn't. In okay. fact, he still had them there in shrink. And so uh, since it was my first time, he the expansions to... just released. In fact, yeah. the reason why I haven't played yet is because I'm waiting on that pre order to come in myself. And I really feel like that kind of the same as Waterdeep. And, and I haven't played so, but just just kind of going off you know imagination. Um, you have your vanilla game and you have your expansions. There's no reason you can't add both these expansions in with gamers like us or like your you know your gamer friends uh, and just start playing. The same with Waterdeep and Scoundrels of Skullport. You might as well just throw that in with your gamer friends. You're going to enjoy the game more. Yeah. But it's cool to have the vanilla option on your shelf um, just for that yeah. that that you know kind of well, more main I guess kind of um, earlier gamer. I would totally kind agree. Of it's, it's one of those where I enjoyed the vanilla game, but then when he kind of started telling me what. What he what he'd read about some of the expansions and what 
you know, he was he hadn't got a chance to check the rules out. But I was like, well, yeah, I want to try those now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not on my list. It, it came from like out of nowhere. Like I I was not really paying attention to the game. I heard it was good, but I was like, ah, I, you know, I already got a couple light, light work replacement games too. Like, no, nah, I think I want to get this. Well, I, so. I remember the original Kickstarter, and it was it was up for the um, the the Essen. Uh, what is it? The the Spiel Spielschars, right? Wasn't it? Are they? I don't. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was up. For I wasn't the, paying and, uh, much attention. I think attention. the the was it the Exit Games beat it. Hmm. I, I think, think you're right. Yeah. And I was I was kind of surprised by that because I thought this one would win, and it would have been the first Kickstarter game to win. Oh. This bill is yours. So I, I was. You tell how much I pay attention. That's actually more exciting. That's really exciting. <laughs> I'm excited, and now I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah. Now you got yeah. all at yeah. once. Yeah. yeah. Hey, proper Brian, you. Uh, what have you been playing? So you know, Christmas is coming gone, and you know, the recent in our recent history, and I was able to uh, get my kids ice cool. Oh. And I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to play this or not yet with your kids. Since you've talked to me about this, I've almost bought it three times. I, I almost it. bought it like I want to hear 20 it again. times. I want to hear it again. Okay. Because I like penguins. Yeah, so and I don't you, have it. In the game, you are a, you're, a, <laughs> you're penguins in a school, hence the ice cool. Ice school. You know, it's kind of, you kind of get that. It's, it's, already, it's already clever before you even I open the box. So this, the second clever <laughs> thing that, about, that this game does is when you open the box, it comes with all these nested boxes inside of it, and you create the board out of uh, you know, the, the school out of these boxes that you clip together. And then the penguins themselves are just these little weighted... Uh, they, characters that have kind of a slippery bottom on them that so you can they're weebles right that's yeah. that's what i was going to say they yeah. remind me of the weebles wobble yeah, yeah they, they don't fall down they, they don't do. fall down and so you you, <laughs> you take your penguins and you flick them around the the school trying to collect fish okay and so the way the game works is one player is i think it's called the catcher like he's basically trying to catch the other penguins it's like a hall monitor yeah and <laughs> and the other penguins are trying to avoid him and collect their fish and that 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 role kind of passes around the game as you play. So you everybody know, gets one, one yes. chance to be the right. hall monitor, right? Yep. So you basically play four rounds of the game. Um, one person, you know, how many plays you have, and you know, one person is the catcher. That you get to be the catcher one time. So I played it with my five-year-olds and my um, and my two and a half-year-old, and it was really fun. Yeah, like we didn't really get to play it all out because. Um, um, my two and a half year old, I mean, he didn't quite get it. He just wanted to flick the the penguins around. But um, that's what you have, do, though. Yeah, they yeah. <laughs> There's some skill to this game, though. So there, is. there I so watched can, um, like it shows you in the in the rule book. It says, yeah. okay, try put flicking some, this way. Like flick on like this side some of your English guy. on the flick penguins. The, yes, yes. <laughs> there is very much so. And I and, and I didn't realize this. And, and sorry to interrupt. I'll let you continue. But if you if you need an immediate example of that, and you're listening, um, watch it play. Does a fantastic playthrough of it Rodney on watch it played on YouTube and uh he actually performs um while he's explaining it a pretty I'm sure he did it like a billion times until he got the right shot and that's the one that made the cut but he does this thing where it like goes through two rooms and turns a corner mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful shot and I'm like okay anyway continue please well that's one of the beautiful things about a game <laughs> like this is that you can put this down with kids and play it and they'll have a blast with it you can put it down with a, a group of adults even or older you know older teenagers and like let them you know develop that skill of flicking and it can be just as rewarding so it's one of those i'm really looking forward to uh playing a lot more it's really fun the question i've always had does your finger hurt at the end of the game no i well i mean 
I didn't notice it. Okay. So no, I've always wondered. No. You're flicking hard plastic. That's I didn't even notice. Uh, like weighted hard that. plastic. I it's not weighted it, enough okay. for it to. For, for, I didn't even notice it. So that, that's one of the things I've always wondered. Well, there you go. <laughs> there <laughs> Question you go. answered. <laughs> yeah. You got to really kind of like when kids games can kind of bridge that, like where they're fun for kids, but you could also. Get it out and it's kind of a fun little game with your friends or kind of like watching Shrek, family. right? Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's yeah. a kids' movie, but it's also yeah. fun for us. But so. I kind of like it too, you know. <laughs> yeah. we, we had that same experience with Animal Upon Animal. I mean, that that's a game that you know little kids can play because you're just balancing you know these wooden pieces on each other. But uh, you put that in front of a bunch of like we put it down in front of you know a bunch of our family members, um, and like it got intense. Like <laughs> this, the the balancing and the stacking. Um, we we modified the rules just a tad to make it more challenging and challenge it's, it's, mode. It's really was it, fun. Was it Batman and a pulp animal fun? <laughs> where the uh, the where the crocodile in it oh, is man. the Batmobile. That, that is the no, that's, that's got to happen. Oh, that's got to happen. We gotta yeah. Hava? criminal upon criminal, criminal upon criminal. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Hava, um, you need to do this. You need man. to do this. If you're listening, which you're not. <laughs> you need to see what you do is you, you call it Batman upon Batman and have all the different Batmans like you know the the uh, uh, the old 1960s yeah. Batman then you have Bam, you know, the, Biff Boom yes and then yeah, you have Robin dude. and then you have Shark you, know, the, you could even have the Christian the Bale Batman and the, and the Bams Michael Keaton Batman as like the, the inner pieces between <laughs> oh, the Batmans oh, oh, oh this is awesome and then you can have the villains too yeah hmm? You yeah. missed it. I you, did. You have was... the booms and the bams in between <laughs> the Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that. That would be perfect. We we I, could totally do it. this. And you know, I'm How sure there would be the no Batman license, license issues. cost. Yeah. I'm sure it's cheap. Oh, enough. we don't need to pay for One it. Yeah, come on. Billion dollars. Pup, pup people can can fund this. Yeah, we can totally sure fund we this. Can. We're gonna kickstart it soon. I just made that up. <laughs> I've got a dollar. Probably not. <laughs> Kickstarting in 2020. Yeah, check it out. Go check out Batman Animal Upon Animal. Hava and it's Batman Upon Batman. And Warner Brothers. Ba- Batman uh, we'll probably we'll work us. on the name. They'll sue us soon. Batman Upon... <laughs> <laughs> so we're sued into oblivion. Lawsuit Upon Lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. What, we had to license this? Yeah. <laughs> so the, I guess let's kind of get on to the main topic for this episode. Um, and it's what we'd kind of refer to... Uh, we were kind of calling uh, chasing the numbers and by that we mean um, kind of looking at the BGG top 100 and are those games that we want to play do we see value in that list or is that list something that's irrelevant to us you know kind of just want to talk kind of want to, we just kind of want to have a conversation about about like popular games I mean are, do we want to play those games or does that have anything to do with with our deci- the decisions we make when it comes to um, the games we look to play, um, you know, you know, uh, is, is that irrelevant to us, or, or is it something we kind of go by? Is that, is that a metric we, that's useful to us? I, I have a bit of a confession. I have yet to rank a single board game on BGG. So yeah, but if that's, that kind of tells you anything still, about what I think that's about still, the top that's still, Yeah, but we can still discuss. <laughs> so I, I would like to say uh, one thing about this before we get started. It's telling that we're even talking about this, and, and it's it's an it's a relevant conversation regardless of where you stand on this. But it's relevant that just just to, kind of as an aside, BGG is such a a, a paradigm for our hobby. So yeah. just before we even start talking about the the the, the thrust of the topic, um, we owe a lot to BGG, and and I 
I think sometimes it becomes one of those things that we take kind of take for granted as as gamers and as hobbyists yeah. that BGG is there. Like somebody has filled that void, and it's been there for a long time, um, longer than than we've been kind of um, actively thinking of ourselves as as hobby gamers. I remember uh, back Shuck when we were uh, working on a on a um, well, maybe not proper Brian. Of course, he's 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 older than the rest of us. But the old timer. Back when we were when we were designing our, our our chess game shuck, like way 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 back then, right, early two yeah. thousands, BGG is what came up on the search engine when I was like, "Is there another game like this?" And I'm looking up chess games. Um, it's been around for a long time. We kind of take it for granted. So it's kind of interesting that BGG is even a, a board game geek. For those of you who don't know what this is, boardgamegeek.com is what we're talking about. Um, that this is um, central to a conversation that we can have as gamers. So, yeah. uh, so thank you, BGG, and let's go ahead and, and yeah. yeah talk about the relevance of how people are ranking their games. So, I have ranked games on BGG, and but it was more as a way for me to just kind of get an idea of what I like, you know, what what, what games, you know, kind of my ranking of games, which now I. I think I use the the board game ranking engine on our site more for that, yeah. Um, to kind of see where they are in relation to each other, but I I don't mind ranking games on there. But so the I in preparation for this episode, we looked at the top 100 to kind of see it's like how many games you know do have we played on this list? How many games do we own off this list? Is it uh, to kind of maybe get an idea of you know how much we pay attention to it? Um, but to be honest, I. I very rarely get on BGG and pull up the top 100 to see what games are there. Like, and it, it I found it interesting. I've I've played 48 out of the top 100. Of, you know, nice off the top. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a a badge of pride or anything, but it's just like I I've been playing games for a long time, and so I've naturally played games that kind of float to the surface, you know? And so it made me think, you, know, you 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 can have the debate of, you know, so Gloomhaven is, you know, kind of hit the number one recently, which is a big news item because it's a Kickstarter game and because yeah. the number one game on, on BGG doesn't get, you know, doesn't change very often. So that's a big deal. And so, you know, how much of that list is, is you know, the, that hype and that uh, excitement level that a game has and how much of it is a staying power, you know? So I would say based on you know, the games I looked at on that list, there's some really good games on there, you know, and like they, they, those stay on there, but there are games that are really great games that I would rank, you know, really highly that aren't in the top 100, you know, like we talked, we were talking Chuck before we started recording and Carcassonne's not on the top 100, you know, and it's it's, it's an older game, you know, older in the in the sense of the hobby not in the sense of board games in general but it's an older game that is a great game um that just doesn't get a lot of buzz you know it just doesn't get a lot of talk you know speaking of older games i wonder as far as the ranking goes on on that side is how many people revisit those ranks i mean does does a game ever ever come down a little bit because you know newer games have come out and there are better versions or implementations or do they just kind of stagnate and maybe games that are ranked higher aren't necessarily that good because they were just ranked high when they came out and compared to what was out at that time was a great game let me clarify what sean what shuck is talking about because 
some of you mm-hmm. listening right now are saying, well, I, I go back and, and review or re-rank or, or show that I play games every time I play a game because some of you are consistent like that. But but the PGG ranking is a larger pool of people, and you, you just imagine in your mind right now that, that not everybody's doing that. And so there are some things in there that are just kind of staying in, in – in, anyway, but that's regardless of, of – so, so how much are we – what, that, what is our influence on the BGG yeah, top 100? That, that you know? brings up a whole other, and we don't have to talk about it right now, but like, um, you know, just because a new game comes out, does that force the the rating of another game down? You know, is it like, I mean, is that how it works? Or is it that this game is an eight, and so it's an eight? I didn't look into knowing I, I that. I think that's so. how that works, is if it's just ranked higher. I didn't no, really No, that's look what I'm saying. That. Like, if, when you go back, if for... For people who go and re-rank their games, it's like, for for example, Champions of Midgard, uh, for you, you know, when you first got it and played it, let's say you ranked it an 8 or a 9. I don't know what you what you would have ranked it. But then you play Raiders of the North Sea, and you're like, oh, man, Raiders of the North Sea is actually a 9. That makes Champions of Midgard like a 6 now. Yeah. Like, like does it does well, I, a new game force an old game's rating down? If, I, it, if I, it does, then revisiting those is important. If it doesn't, yeah. then it's not. I actually but, but have on, done that. On, on kind of the inverse of that same conversation, so what if you rank it an eight, and then the Raiders you play the Raiders of the North North Sea, right? Yes, I'm, it I'm is terrible North, with names. And it is anyway, C. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that that comes out. You play that, and you're like, "Ooh, this is better." And then you go look, and you say, "Oh, well, I rank Champions of Midgard eight. Well, that, Raiders of North Sea has to be an eight point five. Right, right. So, right. so so one of the benefits to this being such a large pool is that we do get a more um what what am I trying to say a normalized list of yeah. top 100. So so regardless of all that how it, the the logarithm actually works it is still indicative of the influence of these games and the whether these games are games that we should be paying attention to. So so Gary, do you pay attention to Top 100, and is that I, something I that, that, yeah. that something so, that And that's why, kind of, when, when we, we had talked about the subject, I I kind of find myself somewhere in the middle. Like, I, I used to pay attention to it a lot more. Like, when I first got into gaming, because it's, yeah, and I think it's a useful metric, like the, the, the BGG hotness, or the BGG top 100, um, especially when you're first getting into this hobby, is incredibly useful because I could go back and look, and there's games from five, ten years ago, um, and I'm like, oh, those games, I've heard a friend talk about this game. And it's still like number seventy-five, um, and you could look, you know, it peaked at this, this, or that rating, and so it's it's a useful tool. I mean, I, I do think it's a useful tool, but the more that I've refined my taste, the less I feel like I need that as a metric. So mm, I yep. go in there and I say, well, you know, I, you know, it's no secret I really like Agricola. So if I find another game that 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 likes that I feel like is is like that or or uses this this or that mechanic or by that same designer. I'm more likely to just go off these other kind of metrics I have or other other uh, things that I look at, and I don't check it very often. Um, in fact, when I checked it before tonight's podcast, uh, it had been a while. But that's not to say that it's irrelevant. I think it, it, it has its uses. I will also say that as a hobby grows and, and we have more and more people coming in there, you know, and more and more people – Inputting that data, you know, I, th- I think it does affect it, and and I think there is a bit of a, a cult of the new element on that that is part of the. the I think top it's 100. showing. I think it's showing up some now. Like Twilight Struggle stayed number one for a long time. Yeah, long time. For I mean, I think it was well. It doesn't really matter why, I guess. But you're right. I think we're starting to see the cult of the new affect the top 100. 
Yeah. What What's amazing to me is that last year, you you, know, you talk about Gloomhaven. Last year it was a pandemic legacy, but mm-hmm. that the the legacy games are the ones that are up at the top, which is amazing to me because it seems like those would be maybe a little further down because of. You know the conversations we've had before on on the podcast about maybe yeah, reservations or they're a little bit divi- divisive. I, I can, not everyone loves them. I can yeah. see uh, I, I can see them being high right now because it's kind of the new hot idea. You know, like legacy games are exciting. You know, and yeah. and, and they they are like when you play them, they're exciting because they they play out a narrative and they and yeah. they get you really involved with. Uh, the development of your game. So I can see people when they get done with it going, man, that was an awesome experience. So I can see that, but I wonder how that'll fare as, uh, you know, as legacy games start to age some. And, and as, because I mean, once you've played pandemic legacy season one, you're, you're going to probably not play it again, you know? And so Mm -hmm. uh, like they're, they're going to start seeing less and less play. Um, And the, the, mechanism that drives them you know kind of this opening new things stickers tearing things up things like that um as that kind of uh, gets older is it going to be as interesting to people i find that the top 100 i think is a better tool to look at over time like if you look at it and were to check it six months later and say oh that game's still on there a year later the game's still on there two years later the game's still on there i feel like if, if i see a game that's been on there for a while and it's still one that I haven't played. Like I think I looked tonight, and I think I played 35 of, of the top 100, the current top 100. Now, there was a time where I think I had a higher number, but some of those older games have been pushed out, mm-hmm. like Carcassonne. Carcassonne yeah. would have been one for me. Um, and then I, I want to say like I own like five or six more than that, <laughs> but I just haven't got to the table yet. But I think that as you look at the hobby, like if you look at if if I were to like kind of take note of where – you know, say pandemic legacy is now, and then in a year, if it's if it's dropped ten spots, or now it's in you know the the back half. I mean, I don't think it will. I think that game probably has some legs on it. But if you look at games that have stuck in that in that top one hundred for a while, I think you do have it's useful then because you can say, hey man, this game definitely there's something about this game that people continue to continue to play it. But I guess I, I find it. Like I said, I, I just use it less and less. It's still a tool. It's still there. I still like being able to check it from time to time, but I find myself only checking it maybe a couple times a year now. So let's ask it this way then. Um, I think we can all agree that if you know someone is coming into the hobby fresh and doesn't really know, you know what, you know, what games are out there, what you know, what should they buy? I remember when I was uh, starting to notice these games and start to buy them. Um, I, I found a site called Funagain.com, which is still around. And I used their uh, uh, best selling best selling list, you know, yeah, as, as, as my way to like figure out what game I was going to buy next. It was like, oh, that's their second best selling game. I'm going to buy that one next, and then the third, and then the fourth. <clears throat> I just kind of worked my way down it for a while, and so I could, I so I guess the question then is, I mean, would you are these games on the on the BGG top 100, and especially in the top, you know, 10 or 20? games that you would recommend that like newer people to the hobby buy oh most likely and i probably want to play them and own them yeah but not because they're in the top uh, 10. i don't know there, there are a few that i might recommend a lot of the ones that tend to be in the top 10 are a little bit more complex and complicated yeah okay so that's what i mean is like is this a is this a list that newer people to the hobby should reference and say hey this this is where i should start i think that, because i think because the conversation has gone to 
this list is very valuable to new players. Is this a list that's a, that applies to new players? Right. That's my question. Because people who are in the hobby and 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 know all these and kind of make it make a lifestyle out of this, the top ten list is almost moot. So I mean, it, and it is. I, I've never uh, the top hundred list. I don't even know what games are on it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my cool, answer. That's, that's my cool. answer. I mean, I'm, it's and, good and, to have that. Yeah, input. that's my answer. I, I think I feel like at the table I represent so, uh, the gamers that haven't looked at it and don't really care. He, here's what I would. <laughs> and so, is it so? Shuck, oh, sorry, so Shuck, is what? it applicable to new players? Even and that seems I, like the people it's most beneficial I don't know. to. Honestly, I've I've rarely looked at the top 100 at all. Even since I got into the 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 hobby, what what I used when I got into the hobby was just looking at reviews. I mean, maybe it's cult of the new in the sense that I didn't really look at any of the older games, but I looked at what was coming out now. What can I get my hands on now? Yeah. Look at what the reviews are. Is this a game I might like? Is it something in my wheelhouse? Do I even know? Do I need to find somebody that has this game? It looks interesting. It's really pretty. I don't know. Just different things like that. And then I would, that's how I got into the, the, the ones that I liked and the ones that I bought and mm-hmm. things like that. And then after the fact, once you get more deep or deeper into the hobby, you start finding out the mechanisms you really like. Mm-hmm. Then you yeah. start looking so into the older games said, yeah. that you know have been time tested. These are the games that everybody really likes. That's that's what I would advise anybody coming into the hobby to do. Find out what you can get your hands on right now. What's easy to get a hold yeah. of. You know, don't don't look for these expensive games that you may not like because they're yeah. out of print. That really kind of brings into the like brings the collector into it. Also, it's like do you know, do I get this game? Do I want this game in my collection because it is you know achieved this status of being on this list um, or has been on this list for a long time or because so many people are excited about it because you know like it, I guess that kind of brings that into it. Also, do I need? My, do, do I need my collection to represent the the top 100? I, I say no. I mean, I, I no. don't. Want, I don't want my collection to represent that. I want it to represent me and my tastes. But I don't want to do some crossover though. I mean, no, I absolutely. Obviously, the collection. Obviously, uh, I've played 48 of the top 100. Yeah. But it's like I never. I didn't pay attention to it to do that. I wasn't like checking them off a list. I was just playing games. And I will say it is kind of fun when there's a game you really like and you're like, oh yeah, that's number seven. Oh yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like everybody agrees with it's me. Validation. Yeah, yeah, it's useful there. Like it's validation. Like okay, that game I bought and I love yeah okay, it's, so, it's high up on there you so know? so that i guess that brings us back to how useful is it if it's a a source of pride for um it's like oh yeah everybody agrees with me and it's not really that useful to new gamers necessarily i mean it, it points you to games it does but i mean are, the, are they really the best games like for n- new players to add to their collections i don't know if anybody's looking at any list like even our list, our top ten list that just that that are posting this month um, or, or last month if you're listening to it, um, or or our, our top five games if you look at it on YouTube. If you're if you're just going off those lists alone, and you're not, you don't have the kind of disposable income that um, that a, a a collector, you know, might have that that just buys everything that comes across their screen. Then then yeah. Take that list for with our list and every other list that anybody ever makes. I mean, it, uh, we see lists constantly in this hobby. I mean, this this is a this is a hobby of lists. Oh yeah, you know, um, list for lists. Yes, you know, uh, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, spreadsheets, list my favorite spreadsheets list. for our yeah. spreadsheets. That's yeah. right. Um, and so yeah, I mean, 
favorite top hopefully tens. hopefully people are already buying intelligently and pl- playing everything buying intelligently i mean that's that's really the the I guess the F- the advice we would always give, right? Find a, a game group and a game night. Like we have one every other Thursday here in town. Find a group like that and play games. Just play without. everybody else's games. You know, one thing it could be really useful. More so, it's not as straightforward just looking at the list, but uh, maybe for looking at companies, you know, who tends to be in the top ten. Designers that tend to be in the yeah, top. They're not. They're, not, yeah, they're not, top, not asking for top our hundred. advice, though. I, I, understand, <laughs> I understand that, but if you, if but you they see, should be. If you see the norms <laughs> of those type of companies, those are the ones that you need to be like paying attention to. Yeah, publishers are, need to email us the, and tell us the what they buy. We'll tell them what to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sean pointed this out earlier, but I was looking at the list just now, and like, you know, there's in the top ten right now. There's uh, let's see, a 2017 game, a 2015, 2015, 2005, mm. 2016, 2016, 2012, 2016, 2015, 2016. So What's it's a lot of a lot, lot of newer of, games. A lot of newer. Like What's the 2005 game? I'm curious. It's Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle. And what, so what's, still what's his rank right that now? High. It's number four. Number four. So maybe one of the ways I you can play use that this game. list. Suddenly BGG, like have, top 100 list, has made, made some no, relevance I, I in felt, my life. I felt that way about <laughs> Twilight Struggle for a while. I feel like that's a game I need to play and I never have. We can, yeah. we can do so, like an online so thing. Maybe, you me. We'll do it online. Thanks, Chuck. So, and so sitting on my shelf, so we just need to get it out. Oh. Um. And I bought it because of that's where it was on the three players. Because, well, because that's it sat number one for so long. Because it sat on number one for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but looking at this, like, when you see games that are, you know, older, and when I say older, you know, like seven or eight years old on here, that are still ranked really high. I think that might say something about those games. That, that been those able, are the ones you might want to go check. Like out. those are like yeah. those games with like staying power. Buy that game, and you're you know? pretty sure you're gonna. So one thing about one thing about game. it is like um, from from year to year, my list is gonna change because it's one it's one dude just coming up with some 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 opinion or arbitrary concept. <laughs> um, but when you get when you get a lot of ranks going on with something, it takes a long time to move that to so, kind of to kind of steer that course a different mm-hmm. direction, and that's why that's why I don't know, man. I'm torn between this. So I said I have no, I've never looked at this list before, or I, or I don't really buy this list, or I didn't look at it before this podcast. Do you want to look at it right now? I no, <laughs> I mean I have so, looked at it. I'm sorry, I have looked at it. But the the point is, I, I don't put a lot of stock in this list, but I still see a great deal of value well, in it so i don't want to like i don't want to like make this like such a such a petty thing because it is what? a very so important it's thing it's interesting um dice tower just came out with a bunch of videos 10 videos tom actually went through the top oh 100. that's right that's right i remember and, seeing that that's and right. uh he got to the top 10 and I, I may misquote this but i'm pretty sure he said that all of the top 10 had at least twelve thousand votes mm. that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> I, I want. I think that's what he said. Maybe he said twelve hundred. And that is a lot sure different. 12, so when you look at like Dice Tower, um, what was what was number one on Dice Tower People's Choice this year? Was it it's probably um, Pandemic? Yeah, I think it. Well, it was something like <laughs> it's that. Always been like Code Names or Pandemic. I can't. Something don't like quote that. me on that. But it's something like that. It's something that you would expect um, for kind of your your um, your your thing that the most people on the, on the planet would play. That's different than the BGG top. Yes. Top ten list, mm-hmm. which yes. is this is the game that, or this is the list that, as, that as a matter of fact, gamers are playing. If you're a new gamer, yes. I would look at the Dice Towers Players Choice Top Hunt 100 yeah. way more than I would ever look at the BGD because those are guys 
people that are voting specifically for their favorite games, and, and just people just like you, mm-hmm. and they, and, and so you're going to get games that are Man, very. This is such a, this is a lot more interesting than I thought it was, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the thing about BGG is it's it's basically this large data resource of just data. Like if you look, like like you, you were talking about, uh, uh, like Shuck had mentioned. Um, Looking up like mechanics you like. If if you find a game, you're like oh yeah, that game's pretty. Oh, I, you know, I've heard really good things about this game. I'm going to click on this game. Oh, it uses um, uh, a set collection mechanism. You can you can find a ton of other games with right. set collection. It's a, it's a and to me, it is, it's this huge yeah. database. And it, it's so I find that the list is maybe a jumping off point or starting point, maybe or or like I said, even though I don't really use it a lot now, I. I still enjoy the, the data on there. I mean, on BGG, if you're just going to talk about just BGG in general, I mean, like, I'm a fanboy of, I'd rather, I'm more of a fanboy of, rather than like the list, a fanboy of designers or publishers. And so, like, I'll pay attention to what a, a publisher comes, like, there's certain publishers, every game that they publish, I'm, I want to at least look at it because their their reputation is stellar, you know. I'm um, not the bigger ones. I mean, I can't look at everything Z-Man publishes, but a smaller like uh, Spielworks or 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 Capstone. Capstone. Or, so, yeah. and, and I and I know I'm a huge like Capstone like fanboy. I'm always mentioning them, uh, but hey, I'm okay. That's, I'll own it. I'm I'm a, I'm a nerd, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm on this podcast. So I'm a board game geek. Um, so, but I mean, I guess so I look at things like that, and so to me, I think these like lists like the top 100. Can be a good like starting off point, like to look at that data. Now, one, the one thing I do use a lot is the search feature. Whenever you say like worker placement, um, which we might talk about here soon. So is the, this is becoming like a BGG plug. Is that what this is becoming? No, 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 no. Maybe it is. Well, I mean, we are. It is the topic, really. I mean, but but I I like using this the search feature so I can I pay more attention to the rankings after I've done a search. Than I have to the top 100. Mm. Oh, that's really, yeah, I agree really with good that. point. I really good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I that. pay a lot of attention to those. Like if I'm looking for a worker placement, I go, ooh, this is the so first walk, one. So walk, us through, is... so walk us through what you would do if you were looking for, oh, since you've used worker placement. Um, if you if you never used BGG before, and let's just assume whoever's listening hasn't, um, how, how do you find the next worker placement game you're going to find? Like, so I'll I'll go to the advanced feature, uh, the advanced search, and then um, it's got different categories and mechanisms. Ooh, advanced search. Well, you it doesn't work in the normal search. You got to know the name. That's right. But you go to the advanced search, and then you can. It's got three different sections. Uh, was it category um, mechanisms, and then what was the other one that I never use? You never the, use it. Who cares? Something <laughs> else that's not used. Yeah, something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I always click on the mechanisms, and I, I like set collection and worker placement. And so every so often I'll go through there, and I'll click those, and I'll try to find games I haven't heard of before um, and look into them, do some research, and see if maybe there's a diamond in the rough somewhere that I haven't heard of. But it's also really good if you just want to see you know, what is the most popular right now of that type. I'm going to do and, this tonight. And so I use it a lot for that. I'm, I don't think I've ever done this. Yeah, once I'm you... doing this tonight. <laughs> I am seriously. This sounds like a lot of fun. This sounds like as much fun as ranking my games. Yeah, we care like... when you go down the, the rabbit hole. That, <laughs> <laughs> Brian will have another 30 games purchased like, in his. <laughs> I, I, don't have to, I don't have to buy your games anymore. I can go buy other people's games now and pretend they're mine. Yeah, Brian likes to snatch games that I'm planning on buying before That's right. I buy them. That's right. And then I say it was my idea. <laughs> 
That's what happens with Champions of Midgard, actually. That is what happened with Champions of Midgard. I got really excited about it, and then he put it in his cart and purchased it, and then I decided, eh, I don't know if I want this and one. Now we're, hey, now that's we're... a win right there. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get someone else to buy the game, I'm interested That's in. right. <laughs> Sir, what are you complaining about that's, for? That's where game money. really great, because yeah. you start going, hey, you hear about this, this game, Anachrony? By the way, aren't you looking to buy a new game soon? And then, yeah, you know, then this yeah. makes you know this. I don't think that's how that happened, but you know. I mean, that's how you know, it's going to happen. Future. And I was, I was interested in that one, but yeah. definitely you, you didn't, you didn't have one, to but, get it. So, But you know, I'm just thinking of a game that, that you got recently. When, when you said, I'm getting Anachrony, I was like, oh, you're getting Anachrony? That sounds really great. That means I don't have to buy it. In my head, I'm thinking, that means <laughs> exactly I don't have to buy it. I'm what play. I but I didn't say that. I didn't vocalize it. I'm like, that's so cool. And then, you know, secretly I'm like, yeah, that's, that means uh, <laughs> save that money. You know, put that money in. So I'll go buy a game that I think you might enjoy as well, you know. But it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as I enjoy it. This is the, this is the inner workings of a game group that you guys are now experiencing. Um. But speaking about, about I guess, um, top, top mechanisms. Passive-aggressive game buying? Is that uh, may, maybe, you know. Maybe we're being manipulative here. So... You know, we just we like ranking things using our board game ranking engine More because it's it's fun. It really is just putting putting two games up against each other and finding out where it all comes out in a, a ranking just is fun. Two I, games enter, one game leaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we I. I don't remember if it was a consensus or a, who came Champions up with it. Champions really is knocked out on the floor. <laughs> I don't remember who, who spread out everywhere. Started wow. down this road. Y'all are distracting me. <laughs> I, believe, I, I believe you you started us down this maybe, road. Maybe sir. maybe I did, but you did. You're the one who so came I, to us. You know, I, I like doing the 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 mechanisms and, and looking into those kinds of things. I, I really pay attention to a lot of that kind of stuff and how they work and and where they came from historically and things like that. And so, I what my idea was: let's all find out how many games we've played from different mechanisms and then um, just start ranking them just within the mechanism itself. And not necessarily a game that has that particular one, you know, just kind of thrown in, but ones that really kind of define that genre. And so this week or this month or whatever, this podcast, we're doing uh, worker placement games. As As hinted before. And what what everybody did is, is, like I said, we... We all kind of came up with a list of games that all of us have played, and then we threw them in a ranking engine, and then everybody sent me their rankings, and they have not seen these yet. This is this is completely this is hidden information. Surprise. Yes, so I'm yeah. revealing. We like surprises. So we like I surprises. I, uh, I'm actually anxiously awaiting these results. So takeaways. Well, let's start off with the top five, since we like to do consensus top fives. We just came out with our. All-time 2017 consensus top five. So this is our worker placement top five. Uh, number one was Agricola. As Ooh. it should be. Number two was Russian Railroads. And so now the interesting thing to me here, in our top five, Russian Railroads was number four. Agricola was number five. They flip-flopped. Oh, wow. So I I find this kind of interesting when we start pulling out the mechanisms Hmm. and we're looking at games within that mechanism and and we're comparing them to each other that how one actually starts to stand out as opposed to comparing it with an entire, you know, just group of games. 
Yeah, that are all un- at once. Un- fascinating. That is actually really fascinating. Um, well, okay, so let's talk about these two games then before we move on with our list. Because oh, I'm, I <laughs> You started with one and two. Yeah. You started with one and two. What's wrong with that? Well, nothing's wrong with it. It just, it's just. Oh, did I do it backwards? I'm, I'm just no. You did it. You I did mean, it rightwards. This is the pub fine. way. This is the pub way. I'm, we always start with the best because we're the best. I'm a backwards oh. kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This is good. This is good. Okay, so one and two. So Agricola and Russian Railroads. Those yep, are those are great one and two. games. We really love mm-hmm. those games. Russian Railroads. I love Russian Railroads. Yeah. So, do you have other stats on how it ranked with individuals? Did, how, how, um, did you, how did you? So, come what, up with what this? I, I also did. Um, Obviously, the the top nine games because because are... Russian Railroads is higher for me than Agricola. Yeah, yeah. But you two Agricola is like you. Uh, sorry, you well, two. That's... I'm okay. looking at Shuck and Gary. Okay, you so two Agricola is like God's game for gamers. Well, if if we look at if we look at where Agricola stands on ours, it's number one for both of us. Yeah. Okay, as far okay. as these were Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, um, so we kind of we our vote kind of skewed skewed that, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, proper Brian helped a lot with that too. His it came in number four for him. Okay, okay so it's close, so, so it, that makes it sense. It really boosted a lot between the three of us. Um, yours was kind of about halfway down on, on yours. He just looked at me like I was the worst person <laughs> on the planet. I am disappointed in you yeah. as a human being. Oh, no, no, Gary, right Gary, we haven't gotten to your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, Gary. No, no, Back no. off. No, Back off. So, no, we have some things to say. Oh, we have words. Okay. okay, so talk to us about, okay, so, so, but I'm curious about this because you, you brought up a great point. And if our top five, Agricola was number five. Yes. And Russian Railroad was, was number three. Number four. Number, number four. four. Yeah. And they flip flops. The, they flip flop. Yeah. And they flip. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. So, so, so here's why I think, okay, because this is part of the conversation, what it is we like about these games, right? Mm-hmm. I've only played Agricola once. So it may be number one for a good reason because, because a, a second play of it might have even – Put it up higher on my level. So let me just put that out as a caveat. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing we can say is we've played a lot of Russian Railroads. Yeah. So we, we know that's up there. We played a ton of I, Russian Railroads. It's such a great game. It's I such is. a pity that we can't get a copy. We need to get another a printed copy of that. Because uh, well, now here's I the thing I want to say about it. I know you have a printed copy, but it's such oh, yeah. a pity that you I'm have, sorry the, the the listeners if you don't have one you can't get one or it's really expensive and it, it doesn't look like yeah it's really it's out of print and it doesn't look like it's coming back and this might be the firefly of of board games because because it's such a great game that doesn't at least at least to our knowledge right now isn't going to get another print run not specifically speaking of firefly the board game no no, no, the, no the, 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 i'm sorry was, yes yeah. the, the, <laughs> but it doesn't look like to our knowledge that it doesn't look like anybody's printing it if you if you've gone and looked up anything about this game on like when's the next print run on bgg on the forums uh, it looks like the answer is don't hold your breath well I'm a, I'm gonna fall back on on Vassal's law for this one. I hope it will. I hope it will get reprint one day. I think if you give it another couple of years, I think it will be. Yeah. I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I want to. Was such a fantastic game. And Gary got game. it cheap too, didn't you? Didn't you get a uh, good deal on I, it? I I got it like a used copy, like like way cheaper than. Yeah, we we got a copy it's, in our group, but we don't want to rub that in. Yeah. Like for those of you who don't have experiences, like what you need to do. What, so to if you want to play this game, game board game arena, pay pay what you need to pay to to be a member, so you can you can include your friends on in on a game, and even just do it right away. I mean, you don't have to play like we did over days and days. Just play a quick game of it online, and 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 you'll know why we love this game yeah. so much. Just for a bit of a tie, and it's ranked number sixty on BGG. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, there you go. I I will say I think the reason. 
reason why it flip flop is because we're looking at a maybe potentially smaller data set, or like when we're ranking these games, and you're ranking many other games with it. I think that 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 accounts for the discrepancy where you know these two games flip flopped. Probably just the fact that you know we're looking at a little smaller subset of games. All right, Shaq, what else do you got for so, us? So uh, one of the things I was going to mention uh, a minute ago, and we got sidetracked, was the the top nine games uh, all four of us have played. It, that tends to the way this works is the more people that have played it tend to boost it up. Oh, definitely. Just because I mean we're we're all voting on it, so keep that in mind with some of these games. Uh, there are a lot of other games that three of us have played that are just slightly below these. Yeah, and w- real quick, we realize that this is limited to just the four of us and our yeah. our, our play experience, and so um, you know there could be lots of other games that might. Yeah. Need to be on this list, but we just haven't played them yet. This is just for so, funsies. Here, so if you want to load us some time so we can play more games, great. Oh, yeah. So number three was really surprising to me. The Gallerist. Really? What? Was number three. What? Really? Which is really surprising to me because I've only played it once, but it's a game that is constantly in my head. I want to play it again. And I think that might have something to do with my ranking, um, but it's one we've all played. We have all played this uh, game. It is. I don't remember it being I'm, really high on my list though. But that's um, great. I'm glad it's as up, long as it was on the list. I'm glad it's there because uh, Lacerda definitely belongs on our. On yeah, our uh, he's got to be list. represented on the list. Yours is right above Agricola, Brian. Hmm. So about midway somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> midway. Um, oh. Well, one, one of the reasons, generous. some of the reasons why these rank the way they do, I, I oh, actually. Oh, Brian. <laughs> how low you have fallen. <laughs> so I, I calculated the standard deviation on all these games. Of, the course, what? of course you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, and this one had one of the lower standard deviations, which is one of the reasons why it's a little higher, because we all kind of have it around the same type of ranking. Gotcha. And so it pushes it up a little bit. Gotcha. So some of the ones with the bigger uh, uh, disparity in ranking kind of fall a little bit. Mm. Um, so number four was Orleans or Orleans, mm. uh, yeah. which is a really good game. Good game, really yeah. good game. Which I was surprised it was below Gallerist. I thought it would actually. Be I actually would have figured that would have been higher as well. Um, sure. So we the first time I played this, I've been I've been asking Gary to play this game Orleans for. Um, uh, almost a year like by a year the time we, we got it out, and we got it out at Criticon, and all four of us played. It was probably the only time all mm-hmm. four of us played a game at Criticon together, and it was only the four of us. It's kind of like, yeah, we're the pub meeple guys. Leave us alone this it morning. Nice. It, was, it was early morning, but it was kind of a cool like, like we're at camp or we're at a retreat, yeah. and we're we're just gonna do our own thing while we're uh, for this one, you know, the, couple this hours. Game, this game really surprised me personally because I it wasn't really on my radar. I'd heard a lot about it. I knew it was kind of like a big hype game, but uh, it was just really surprising. I the the whole bag building concept mm-hmm. with this one. So Orleans is worker placement, but there bag is a bag building. building kind of the same way you would think of like a deck building kind of game. Yeah, and, draft, um, you're basically drafting, drafting people yes. into this bag and drawing from there. Um, but it has a nice uh, mechanism in there the, that allows you to mitigate little, some of that randomness. Yeah. yeah, your little board that you use after you pull them out of the bag is just fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. Like the the, the planning you can use where I'm going to keep like a the, couple yeah. on the board because I can't use them now. Yeah. I really want to do that action next the turn. Actions. Yeah, you can keep them on the actions. You can kind of build towards oh, yeah. an action. Like if you if you have like one of the one of the ones you need but not another one. Oh yeah. You can 
you know, leave one on there, and then when you finally get that other one, then take the action. The flip side of that is that, that he can't be used for anything else. Yeah. Uh, I, think, well, I think there's a way to rea- um, to retrieve them, but there's a cost. And so it's, it, there's, there's a nice little interplay there. Yeah. Cool so, game. So number five was no surprise to me at all. It was the Great Western Trail. Okay. Nice. Uh, that one I kind of expected to be in the top five. Uh, we all I'm really glad it made game. the top five. I expected it to be higher on the top five. Well, I, and I think the gallerist kind of threw a loophole in that one, or a, not a loophole, but a yeah, whatever the word kinda, is, kind of came the kink, yeah, kink, kink in that one. Yeah, a kink really? hole. wrench, wrench is what I was looking for. Wrench. Apparently, that wrench. looks a lot like a loop wrench hole. Yeah, something. I don't know. Talk about Grace, Great Western Trail. I honestly expected it super high. It is my favorite game of the list. It was. it was your number one. It was his number one. It'll yeah. always be my number one worker placement game. It is is a beautiful game. I won't I won't go into that now because it's not the appropriate time, but I could go on and on about how I, I love Great Western Trail. I I picked it up the other day. I almost picked up a copy of it. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about it, um, and I think I was the lowest as far as rankings, is uh, to me it's a little long it is for long. what it is. It yeah. is long. Um and, and that kind of it is long. It is long, and there. So, so, and there, there is a thing where a game can overstay its welcome, and that does kind of, kind of taint the game a little bit. I will say, if you expect it, though, I mean, if you expect a long game, no matter what game you're playing, then, then you're okay with it. If it you're like, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sink into this game. But yeah, if you're on a time crunch, like a lot of time, a lot of times we are, we're on a time crunch where we need to knock out this game in two hours, and it says two hours in the box, and it goes three. It kind of hurts a little bit, so yeah. I feel like the thing that saves it there for me is the it has short turns. Like the turns don't really take that long. No, there's oh I can I can go on and on about why this game should be our number one. So like but me, I won't. To me that that kind of alleviates the overstaying its welcome problem. If if the turns are short and I'm you know I'm engaged yeah. with the game, then um, it can go oh. a little long and I can forgive it. So. And you want to pay attention to what other people are doing because you can potentially use. Some of those spaces. I'm glad it made it. I'm glad it made it on our on our top five. I'm glad it made it on the list. So the one that was the most disappointing to me, and Gary, this is all your fault. Oh my gosh, it's all your fault. Oh, I know which one it is. I want to know this because I think I know what it is. Lords of Waterdeep missed the top five by one point. One point. I figured it'd be in the top five. And you know why that is? Because of me. Because it was way down on Gary's list. (laughs) Way down. Okay. Explain yourself. <laughs> when I, when you and I, you and I had a little bit of a, a text conversation. After I think that was I my number my one. It was your number one. Yeah, yeah. You, you and I had a, a little text conversation. <laughs> I was, I was shocked because I just, I did the ranking engine. I just went through, and as the games came up, I, I was honest, like which games I wanted to play. But it's when, good when, to know when, that you're when, honest. But when the, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was a good boy. No, um, when, when the list came out. I was a bit shocked that some of the games are at the bottom. Like Istanbul was towards the bottom for me. I really like Istanbul. Mm, it's towards the top for me. But speak, I'll, I'll, speaking of that, real quick, Istanbul had the greatest disparity of all of our games. It had a standard deviation of eight, so that that means yeah. really there was a nineteen point difference or nineteen ranking difference between mm. the top and the bottom person. And wow. that's because it yours truly over yeah. here. Yeah, uh, man, I, I don't know what I did, man. I, I, I <laughs> think, uh, well, and I'm a little disappointed that Lord's Waterdeep didn't make it because I love the game. The one thing I will say is when I was cause when I was talking to Chuck, I did make a point about I felt bad about certain games being at the bottom of that list, but then it's kind of like an Olympic athlete that like you know 
goes there and gets last place, but you're like, you're still in the Olympics. You know, you 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 still made it this far. Like it's it's in other words, being last on a really good list of games is not like it was a, last like, on your. No, list? it's not last. Not, okay, no. it was third to last. Oh, what uh, Istanbul was? Yes. Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah, it was, and I was I'm surprised it was, and I was. I almost went back and redid the list, but I thought then that wouldn't be genuine a genuine reaction. So, the to, I guess kind of a saving of the Lords of Waterdeep being not in the top five. Um, Lords of Waterdeep on our top twenty five. So when we did our a tub our pub meeple top five. <laughs> Say oh, that I five can't. times fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When we did our top five for two thousand seventeen. Um, so Lords of Waterdeep was ranked eleven. Uh, and consensus amongst all of us, and Great Western twelve, or Great Great Western yes. ten was twelve. Twelve. Huh. So they were back to back. So it's interesting that they're back to back here as well. So the, the what top. that says to me is we really like these games very equally. Hmm. And I, I thought that was kind of an interesting. Yes. Um, well, I I apologize to to my. <laughs> Fellow podcasters, my fellow, you know, pub people founders no here, you know, no, no apologies okay, for okay. taking this so, quiz. You know, spe- speaking speaking of individuals, because lists. I think I think with the four of us, I think I think among the four of us, I mean, if you want to look at a balanced group, we have a very balanced group. Gary and I balance each other very well, just because of his stint and mine. We're we're kind of polar opposites yeah. in a lot of ways. We have some good crossover. Brian has, a, and we do have a lot of crossover. Brian has probably the most, uh, the longest history of games. And and well, I don't know what I can say. About it. I was trying to think of something good to say about Shuck. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh there's that cousin thing. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. Actually, so Shuck is one of the <laughs> Shuck is probably one of the wisest gamers uh, I know. When he looks at a list, I usually buy his his games first because he knows what's good before it's even before it's even published. So, I I, I would say between the four of us, we have a very balanced analytical yeah. view. And um and so no 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 it's it, it's fine you ruin things Gary oh okay <laughs> you know no, so, no no apology necessary just do better next time oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm expected to do better next time so, so what, what were you getting uh, at keeping so Istanbul came right behind Lords of Waterdeep uh, next that all four of us had played was Viticulture mm-hmm. um, and that one had the smallest deviation we were all within one to two rankings. How low was it? How low was Viticulture? So Viticulture came in at around 11 on each of our lists. Really? Um, yep. It ranked eighth overall. So it was, we, we all kind of apparently really like this game about equally. That's, that's kind of what I feel about Viticulture. It's kind of a game that you kind of like. Yeah. And, and, and it's a good game. So I mean, when you think about it, eight still high. Or even eleven still high on any yeah. on any list. I mean, that's that's not a bad rank. We all kind of like viticulture, I, and viticulture is a game that everybody just kind of likes. I ranked it based on vanilla viticulture. I've played it with the uh, Tuscany board, the Tuscany expansion board, and if I could choose to only play it with that board from now on, it it doesn't add a whole lot as far as complexity and rules. But what it adds to the game is. Like, so if I could add it, I think my ranking would have been higher. But I had, I felt like I had to rank these games without expansions. I, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really take expansions into account. And maybe that's what, maybe that's where like Lords of Waterdeep would have jumped. Mm, yeah, because with, with, with the scouters of Skullport. I mean, I lo- the thing is, I don't know why it was low on my list because I actually love that game. But um, I think if you add that expansion in, I, I probably would have jumped like several spots because that expansion adds so much to that game. It's so, interesting. Viticulture is, uh, was my number 11. 
and like what what you said and that's kind of the what you said about like we all kind of like this game that that was kind of the breaking point in my list of of uh what i considered like good or great games and then below like 11 was that point where below that was the games were like uh they're okay you know so it's that's interesting you said that hmm. so uh rounding out the the top nine for our all of us have played games was brew crafters so it was kind of the lowest, not necessarily the lowest, that all four of us have played. Anyone can guess which one is the lowest that all four of us have played? Oh, man, I don't even know. I, I can guess. You mean the lowest, like, ranked game? Of, of that all four of us have played. Stone Age. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Stone Age was almost dead last on every list. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's not a bad game. I just... Uh, no, it not, is. Not for it me. Is. Not stop, for me. I, stop being nice. Yeah. Being... A, <laughs> Gary's a very opinionated man, Putting but also a very nice the, man. The dice uh, distributing resources based on a random roll of a dice is a terrible idea. I didn't like it. Yeah. A terrible idea. I didn't like it. So, so wait, wait, wait. One more thing. It's number seventy-three on the BGG top one hundred. It is it's in the top one hundred. It's a popular game, though. It's a popular game, and so we recognize that. But it, but it just didn't. It just didn't for hit our the chords for us. Did yeah. not. And that's consistently with with the four of us. I hope people understand that there is a dis- there is already a variety of gamers here around this table. We're not like very mm. like minded in a lot of ways, and and so a lot of times when a game strikes a chord with all of us, that says something. And when a, when a game doesn't strike a chord consistently with all of us, I think that also says at least something. Maybe maybe you love Stone Age, and that's fine. But it's it's just not our game. I kind of so. look forward to like as much as I was looking forward to this list because I mean I love worker placement games. And Chuck and I like that's probably our end list. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, but, like Chuck and I like we, we we I think we're probably the ones that like worker placement like stuff the most. You know, I mean, or we 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 like we talk about so, liking it a lot. So it's funny that you say that. It's one of the other stats that I looked at when I did this. Uh oh. So of of the the games that we ranked the. Gary had the most worker placement games in his top 25 for our pub top five. He had 11 of these games that he ranked in his top 25 games of all time. Hmm. Okay. Brian. That's, that's expected, though. Yeah, just yeah, Brian expected. had three. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, that's what I love about this group. That's what proves, that just proves what we were just talking about with this group. Because a lot of this stuff, we, when you use this ranking engine, this is why this, this ranking engine on our website is so valuable. When you use this ranking engine, you're going to get an honest list. None of this was intentional. I didn't, I didn't talk to you guys before I, mm-hmm. I started ranking these things. I just look at this list and I compare two games and I say, this is what I want to play. This, this group we have, this podcast that we have... Right. I believe would be a valuable resource to people because we have such a an eclectic group here of people who like different things and we come together and we play things. Now I will want I do want to say one caveat to this list. Since this list was voted on, Gary has played Raiders of the North Sea, and I will own it. And I I suspect so, that Raiders of the North Sea is going to be higher on my list after I played it. I think it's already higher on Gary's list. I'm I'm curious how. A couple of weeks so from now, this is very different. So that that was one of the things that I, I was saying earlier. We we're going to talk about. So one of the things that I looked at on this list was what were our highest games that nobody else played. Okay. Um, so for Gary, that was Fields of Arl. Oh yeah, that's a good game. Which uh, I had another example of your list kind of. Where did it rank on Gary's out. list? I'm curious about where it ranked. So on this Gary's this is list. where things started getting 
you know, oh. a little wacky for Gary here. So he ranked Fields of Arrow as his number six overall worker placement game, but it was his number 22 game overall, which five other games below it were above it in his overall 25 games. I think that's just, that's just indicative isn't of, that, of, isn't that kind of, of weird? Just, just being oh, okay, a different wait. kind of so list. So five games that, five. that ranked below it in this list yes. were higher in my other list? Yes. See, I think that's just because I had a larger sample. So I think that I think it's going to happen every time we do this kind of thing. One of which was Russian Railroads. Russian Railroads was, you, was you, lower. You ranked Russian Railroads in this list lower than Fields of Arrow. See, this list surprised me a lot. Do you think that? Do you think I that's think, true, Gary? Do you think that that's that's indicative I, of the truth? Do you, would you like if you if you and I said we're going to play worker placement game? Would you rather play Fields of Arrow or Russian Railroads? I actually right feel now? the list is pretty accurate. Okay. I mean, it, and, but but just because it's a few spots down doesn't mean I don't. Like that game, like, you you play either well, game. Because here's the thing, like you're talking saying, about a list of a bunch of my favorite games. Yes, <laughs> so it's like it's okay. like my, my, which like, candy do you want to eat yeah, the most? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, well, all of them, sir. Um, so you know, I do. I really. I've I've got a few plays of Fields of Arlen. I want some more, but I really like a lot about. So it. I'm no. giving you I'm giving you a hard time, but I, I think what what I, I recognize from this list is that Gary just really loves working he loves plays these kind of games yeah. and. Sometimes it's just kind of hard. Like one day you like one a little bit more than you like another. Yeah. Sure, sure. And that's you know sometimes that's what the range. Just Brian is lame. If I'd played, if I'd played, that what we're saying. If I'd have played Lords of Waterdeep the day before this list, I bet it probably would have been three, three four spots higher. I mean, no, I mean that's just what, automatically. That's the thing about all. Uh, I think it says it speaks to <laughs> the like how temporary our lists really are. Sure, sure, sure. Like it, they're going to change. You know. Uh, Constantly, yeah. based on what we're so, playing and what we're interested in. Speaking of your list, uh, your highest that nobody else had played was mm. Euphoria. Yeah. Oh, and I was oh. just I was just asking I about this play game. That game. <laughs> the other day, I sent you <laughs> yeah. a message and I yeah, said, you said I said, I said, what is if I've never played Euphoria, which I haven't? Um, what is the priority that I should put on this game to play? Because every time I look at it, and of course, everything you look at online, YouTube for Euphoria is old. Mm-hmm. So it's it's several it's several years old. The game is several several years old. That's Nobody can talk in on English. this podcast. Um, um, oh, yeah. But it's 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 old. It's an older game as far as the hobby goes. And so everything you look at is older. And so when everybody's like, "This game is great," it's 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 kind of the cross section of that year. Mm-hmm. I want to play it. And I said to you, I asked you, right, what did I say? Well, I'll, I could probably bring it up, but I'll, I'll kind of I don't know. I'll, you don't have to, I'll you paraphrase don't, here you don't have to quote me. instead of quote you. You said. You probably wouldn't put this on the priority of like, like you, you don't need to make this the next game you you need to search out, but it is you know if you have an opportunity to play it, you need to play it. Um, so I find that interesting that it is your your top game that the three of us haven't so, played because I was looking for the next worker placement game to buy, and and that's why and I asked that question. I'll, I'll, I think it is a really good game. It, it's so it, it it's a, a dice placement worker placement game, but better words. than Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So number one, the theme of this game really was it was fun. It was that's I what say, you said. Is, it is you did like, say it was it was kind of yeah, a wacky theme or kind of, kind of a, theme, that Euphoria kind of is it's about like so you're playing in this dystopian world where um, you know you have a handful of people in power and they're trying to keep everybody else kind of under the boot. I always think of Brave New World and, when I when I yeah. hear this. Yeah. And so, but your dice represent your workers, and you're trying to keep them dumb. You you don't want you don't want their <laughs> so the, the 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 pip value that's showing on the dice represents their intelligence. If they and, get too smart, they walk they, away, right? They, they're yeah, like, we're, they, we're done yeah. with this crap, right? They're smart. So yeah, so it's, <laughs> that's right. That theme and the that use of the dice in that way. Number one, and well, another thing is I I really 
like the idea of like dice placement, like using dice as workers. It's something that I've tried to design a couple games around, um, still trying to, but it, I really like the idea. So the game appealed to me and it, it's really fun. It's a fun game. Like I said, I don't, I don't think I'd go and buy it right now or anything, but I'd definitely play it. In the it pool of games today, it's not the priority, but but it seems, sounds like when it came out, it was top of, well, top it was, of the it was It charts. was a Stonemaier game. Yeah. It was from Stonemaier, and it was one of their first. And that's almost always a reason to at least check out a game if it comes out of uh, the Stonemaier Especially family. Now. Yeah. It always seems like a game you should at least consider and check out, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. My, my highest game to work our way back around, was Raiders of the North Sea. That was my game that I'd played that y'all hadn't played at the okay. time At that time, yes. And oh, so, man. So and now, I really feel like that's going to come be, out. It'd be way higher, I think. Yes, I think in a couple of weeks it would be... I think, yeah, I think in a couple of weeks would, this game would have hit the top five. I think um, it would have knocked another game out. Unfortunately, that would have been Great Western Trail, so I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> since that was number five. Uh, and it would come up on any of our uh, lists. We'll it would have knocked that one out. have the staying power Yeah, next time. Yeah, well, I'd like to do this again in a year. That'd be great. But so let's see. Um, um, just to I think we covered most of my little uh, interest. So what, is there is there a single worker placement game that I played that they haven't played? Uh, Probably be. not. Oh yeah, sorry. That was the other. Yeah, you didn't have one by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's cool though. Yes, I mean, I, and that is a statistic that is cons- consistent with what we're talking well, about. Um, like I'm like, like I was saying earlier, this is kind of my my jam. I don't know, like it, it shucks thing, but. I'm kind of looking forward to some of the other lists now because I want to I want to get to like a, a genre or, or a mechanic that that you guys one of you guys loves and be like okay I want to see where where because like you guys have influenced my taste in some of these other mechanics so I'm like I want to see where we stack up. Well, uh, two more things. For the most part, our lists pretty much fell in the same order that our top twenty five did, except mm-hmm. for like we've talked about Gary's. His was completely out of whack. <laughs> All but, over the place. But but really, for for the most part, they they fell where you expected them to fall. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then as far as games that only three of us have played, the highest one was Village, mm. uh, which I haven't. Oh. Y'all three have, Village and y'all really, really like that one. Village like is Village. fantastic. So uh, that was kind of that's kind yeah. of like an honorable mention as far as because I, I feel like if I would play it, it'd be probably way higher in the list, I'm sure. In 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 a similar strain of um I would assume because I haven't played it yet, Raiders Raiders of the North Sea, uh, a a little bit different take on worker placement in yeah. such a way that mm-hmm. that the things that you're you're placing and taking off the board have a, a an effect on the game and, and so um yeah. So the last question I have since we're on worker placement topics and kind of talking about the BGG top one hundred not necessarily your favorite game, but what do you think is the quintessential worker placement game that if you were to own one, what would it be? You know, what really gets to the point? Don't get caught up in distractions or any other thing. And we're not necessarily talking about gateway. We're talking about what represents worker placement. Yes. What do you, what do you hmm. all think? I have a feeling. I, I already know, know what you think. I think Gary and I have... Probably. Probably. <laughs> oh, come Agricola. on. What was our number one? Uh, actually, you don't actually think I so? want to say Agricola, but I was going to say, like, if you're just talking about base, worker placement, like, um, I'd say Lords of Waterdeep. Like, like, see, that's see, that's the thing. I was thinking about this. So, these two swap back and forth but, for me. But, but Lords of Waterdeep has more things in it than just worker placement. Okay. 
And then taking with, with with what you just said, taking into that account, I'd probably if, go to if Agricola. we're looking at complexity, skew it to just Ag- like, Agricola, like complexity and and how much you know thinking power you have to use. Sure, Lords of Waterdeep is a better intro game, but I yeah. feel like Agricola gets more to the point. Yeah, it, it is worth as far as what represents worker placement better. But I mean, what do y'all think? What is y'all's opinion? I don't know if I'm qualified to speak on this one because since no. I'm like, what was I like? I've played three worker placement games my whole life. Is that what you said? Great Western show. Yeah, yeah Great Western Trail. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to go ahead and fill in Brian's answer is uh, Great Western Trail. But what, what do you think, Robert Brian? Man, that's this is hard because like when you say like quintessential, is it, I mean, I hate to get into definitions, but is this like the game that best represents like worker, the mechanism, yeah. the mechanism itself? Um, in its simplest form, or yes. man, um, my f- what I was gonna say was Lords of Waterdeep. Um, uh, it was, I mean, I feel like, but Agricola does it so well too. It's like, I mean, I, so I think you're probably at the same point where where I I was. Or I, I would am. go back and forth between those two for sure. Yeah, like, it's hard to think about this question and divorce it from our experiences because a lot of times when we say what is the essential game, what we mean is what would we feel most comfortable introducing to someone. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's what he's asking. I think what mm-hmm. Shuck is asking is is what is kind of the mascot game for this mechanism that, you know, that doesn't kind of muddy it with some other mechanism, right? Yeah. That, that, that's, that's kind of saying I'm going to own this one mechanism and not – not kind of bring in as any more than other other things that I have to, and I think that's why he's he's so chosen Agricola. Purity, like, like yes, like, hmm. and it, so so I'm Distilled curious when you, when you say placement. when you say there's other action than, selection, maybe would we say this is also action selection well, or we're just worker we're just placement saying, is, is a form? Of I know, I know selection. it is, so, but I but I mean, if we're gonna get well, this technical and distill so, it down, we got to get. I mean, this well, is like this is like what kind of beer is this? Is this like a? <laughs> are we talking about? Something that has okay, been in what kind of the, cask has this been in? Has it been a sherry cask? I don't here's know. Here's the difference between action selection and worker placement. Action selection is a solo worker placement similar to scythe. Yeah, where you where you select actions independent of right. everybody else. So okay. worker right, placement right, 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 right. is where you are taking an action away from somebody by putting your meeple there. Yeah. Dead. Gotcha. Dead so so asking for troubles is my answer. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, sir! No. Just kidding! You know, just kidding! Sir. Just kidding! That one was sir. almost dead last. Just next kidding! To Stone I'm Age. just kidding! I just said that uh, just, to, just to poke at Sean. Just uh, was, I like I like uh, it, but but it was mostly just just a poke at Sean. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna have is, to say, go oh, ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, no, so go, you, you said Lords of Waterdeep has like other mechanisms. Well, what, it's, what, it's what, got it's got take that in it because of the the cards that you have. I mean, it is an additional thing to it. It it has uh, an element. Of set collection, which not necessarily all of them have, but does, tends does to go with Agricola. Doesn't do any of that. Not really. It doesn't. You're not really collecting sets. You kind of are. You but are. You collecting sets of cubes. You, yeah. You kind of are, but not to the sense of you have a goal card that specifically calls out a set of yeah. something you have to turn. Well, in. your scorecard at the end of Agricola is your goal card. It's like yeah. so you're collecting. Yes. So I see you do have point. a special element. Um, I'm going to go Lords of Waterdeep. That's yeah. where I'm falling on um, this. And and I think either is probably 
I think, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, like I said, I could go back and forth between those two. I, sure. I also thought, I think it's between those. Lords of thought, Water, he doesn't have a pen and pad. <laughs> oh, there you go, oh, man. Uh, I also what's, thought what's about Russian out? Railroads, honestly. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, Russian Railroads doesn't have much more than that. Mm. That's about all it has. It does. So it does some different things with worker placement because, like, you place multiple workers to do things. You, but so it's, it's still uh, worker But you're placement. not really doing anything else other than placing workers and doing the action that it says. And you're not even really set collecting with that either. You're mm. you're moving your train based on how you place I don't your workers. Know. We're getting I we're getting really philosophical here. Uh, I, think, I think there's, there's I, more I think, to I it. think we should. Yeah, I think. I think. I think I, it's just, it's just a question. I mean, it's. It's a difficult question. This is a diff- I like <coughs> it though. I like it. I think so. In the future, when we bust out Shuck's um, top five mecha- mechanism segments, are we going to have ask this question every time? Sure. Why don't you start yeah. thinking about it ahead of time? Yeah. yeah. We'll start. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, man, guys, I, I always enjoy uh, kind of getting together and talking about games. And uh, you know, can't wait for till next time we can do this. Uh, have a good night. Peace. <laughs> Always with the last word. That is exactly the same. But. Yeah. Well, the thing is, my kids know the difference between Transformers. It's not Megatron. Okay. You, when I was a seen kid, the new, the new Japan, the Japan one or whatever that Smash Up came up with, it's it's like that. It's well. So like when I was a kid, I didn't get the real Transformers for Christmas. I got like the generic brand, you know, like the, GoBots. the yeah. Well, it wasn't even like I got GoBots. <laughs> GoBots were GoBots were still like an IP though. I didn't even yeah. get cool GoBots. I just like, got. Cartoon. I just got, you know, Transmorphers or something <laughs> and, uh, for Christmas. Transmogifiers. <laughs> yeah. they, they took Power Rangers and Transformers. And Power Rangers didn't exist back then, so I don't know what you're talking Voltron. about. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it was one of those things where um, I don't. Voltron. My kids know the difference, and if Optimus Prime's not on the card, they're going to be like, "Dad, this is ridiculous! Like, what are you trying to push on me? Well, I'm not playing Scythe with some kind of." Like optimal, optimal primal. You know that's not going to happen. You, you know we have a primal uh, optimus. We have this DIY on our YouTube page. We do have a DIY. You can make your own car. That's what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to sleeve them so you can't tell the that? difference. You know?